Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth from God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers at the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to start with a song by our church choir entitled, Because He Loved Me. Then we're going to go right into the message out of Exodus chapter number 15. This message is entitled, The Ministry of Mara. We're going to be talking about the children of Israel as they face those bitter waters of Mara and how those bitter times and those bitter places in our life have a ministry and have a purpose uh, to bring about us to be a better Christian and to show us some things and teach us some things in this life. So we trust that the song by the church choir will be a blessing to you. And then the message today right out of the sanctuary of Brooklyn Baptist Church. Get your Bibles open, Exodus chapter 15, and we trust you'll enjoy the broadcast today.
Looking here tonight in Exodus chapter number 15. You're very probably familiar passage that all of you have seen before in the Word of God. But we looked in Exodus chapter 12 at the fact of how the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. And they were able to go through the Red Sea and all the wonderful things that God has done for them. In reality, when you come to the beginning of chapter 15, the Bible said that they sang, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake singing I will sing unto the Lord for he had triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath they thrown into the sea at the beginning of chapter 15 God's children are singing and rejoicing and shouting the victory over what God has done for them can I say this morning we still need to be rejoicing over the deliverance that God has given us here in the beginning of chapter 15 they are singing and they're bragging upon the Lord Jesus Jesus Christ but in the same chapter before chapter 15 is over with they go from singing to sighing they go from shouting to pouting they go from glory to grumbling and they go from making much of the Lord to making much of their problem isn't that the way life is amen it seemed like we start the day on one tune but then we end the day with a problem that has come up we may start the week doing wonderful but by Wednesday night we come in and we act like God is dead we start the day thinking boy everything is wonderful but a little problem comes up and we go from singing the Lord's song to grumbling and complaining and murmuring over what God has done in our life amen in just one chapter the tables turn a lot in just one chapter things begin to change tremendously in just one chapter they go from being delivered from the Red Sea crossing over because God worked a miracle and split those waters and let them cross on dry ground they go from that great miracle of all the deliverance and the victory that God has gave them to grumbling in the same chapter amen can I stop and say this our lives are no different Though we may be sitting here tonight and though we may be singing the Lord's songs, though we may be shouting the victory, it could be tomorrow that you wake up to a phone call you hope you never get. It could be tomorrow that the tables turn and a problem comes up or something happens that you thought would never happen. I'm telling you this reminds me of the way life is to the child of God. See, when we study the children of Israel as they're delivered out of Egypt, that is a picture of our salvation. As we see the children of Israel traveling in the wilderness, it's a picture of the Christian life. It is a walk with God. It is a daily walk with God. And it's a time of trusting God with every day that comes. But I want to say this, we're very, very wrong if we get the idea that after we get saved, life is just roses and tulips. There's going to be days of difficulty. There are going to be days just like the children of Israel when you come tomorrow and there's bitter water for you to drink. Amen. Here's the thing tonight. Listen, in just so much little time, they went from enjoying and singing the Lord's song to here in this place called Marah. Notice what the Bible said in verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. That's that wilderness area between Egypt and Palestine. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. 
three days. Reminds me of Sunday to Wednesday. Boy, you can have the glory fall on Sunday and many times God's people walk in on Wednesday night and they act like God died on Sunday and he didn't get up the third day. Amen. They act like everything is doom and gloom. Isn't it amazing how God's people can go from shouting to pouting in three days? Isn't it amazing how God's people can go from glorying and rejoicing over the things of God to grumbling and murmuring against God in just a matter of a little bit of time? But I want to say this, though we speak negatively of that, we're all guilty of it at some point in our life. We're all guilty of one point of making much of the Lord and in the next hand mumbling about the lot that God has put us in and the difficulties that we have to face in this life. So I want to say as we come to this passage, we see that they went three days in the wilderness and the Bible said that they found no water. Three days without water they have been. And then verse 23 said they finally come to an area called Mara. And as they get to this area and they arrive at this location, they think, man, we have finally found water. Hallelujah. Then they begin to dip, no doubt, their uh, cans or cups or whatever they used in that day in that water. And they took it and put it to their lips to find out that that water was too bitter to drink. Amen. See, sometimes we get to looking and we just think, boy, if, if we could just get this and if we could just get that. But then the moment we grasp whatever we're so longing for with our hands, we find it's not as sweet as we thought. Amen. You do remember in the book of Ruth that when Naomi came back from Bethlehem, Judah, and she came back to the house of bread and praise, and she came back from Moab, and she got back. She said, don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara, because she looked upon her life and said it's bitter. She called herself Mara. Can I tell you tonight that the word Mara simply means bitter. Verse 23 tells us that they called this place Mara for the water was bitter. And that is why the name Mara means bitter or bitterness. Can I tell you tonight, there are many of God's people who are living in Mara. They're living in a bitter place. They're living in a bitter place and that bitter place has made them a bitter person. Amen. You know, if we're not careful... Coming to a bitter place along the Christian life can leave us a bitter person if we're not careful. Amen. The Bible said in Proverbs 14, 10, that the heart knoweth his own bitterness. Can I tell you tonight, you're not bitter in a place, or let me back up and say this, if you're bitter tonight, you know it. I, you say, oh, preacher, you know, I, I didn't realize how bitter I was. I understand we make that statement. But the Word of God says in Proverbs 10, chapter 14, verse 10, that the heart knoweth his own bitterness. If you are bitter tonight, you know it, and I promise you everybody around you knows it too. Amen. Let me just guarantee you that when the children of Israel came tomorrow, they were not happy, and they made sure everybody else knew that they were not happy. Amen. What I'm saying tonight is Mara is a place that we are not promised that we may not face tomorrow. We may face an area called Mara.
for it tomorrow, even in our life. We may face days like this in our life. And to be honest with you, all of us this morning, we've stood up and testified about the goodness and grace of God. But every one of us could have stood up this morning and testified about bitter days. And we could have talked about bitter times and boy, what we've been through. But hey, nobody wants to hear that. But here's the thing. Those days of Mara, those days of bitterness have a special place in our life for a reason. That's right. Let me tell you something. There is a ministry. There is a purpose for every bitter time you and I walk through. That's why tonight I want to preach on the ministry of Mara. You say, preacher, what do you mean the ministry of Mara? Well, God has a plan through every bitter place we walk. God has a plan for that. God didn't lead you to a bitter place to make you bitter. God didn't lead you to an area like Mara for you to sit down and grumble and get bitter and say, I'm done with God. If this is all there is to the Christian life, I'm going to sit down. I'm done. This is not where I thought this should go. God didn't lead you there uh, to, to leave you there, so to speak. But God has a reason for that place in your life. Amen. So that's what I want to look at tonight is the ministry of Mara. Number one, I want to look at their circumstances. Here they are, and they're in a place of bitterness. Here they are, they're three days without water. Here they are, and they finally see water, and yet the water is bitter. These circumstances are many that we all could explain in our own experience and admit tonight we've been in a place like this where, boy, we just wanted a glimpse of hope or a glimpse of water, and when we got there, we found out it was bitter. We've been there. But hey, I want to tell you this. That's not the end of the story. Not only do we see their circumstances, but number two tonight, we see their cry. Notice what the Bible said in verse number 24. The people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? I want you to notice here that the people are complaining. The people murmur against Moses and begin because of their problem to blame somebody. Aren't we good at that? Every time we face a bitter time in our life, we're good at wanting to figure out who is responsible for it and who we're going to blame for it. Well, it's the doctor's fault. It's the lawyer's fault. It's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my children's fault. It's the preacher's fault. It's the Sunday school teacher's fault. It's the deacon's fault. It's uh, the school system's fault. It's the president's fault. It's the government's fault. It's everybody's fault but accepting reality and the problem at hand. See, they begin to murmur. They begin to get mad at Moses because Moses is that leader that is leading them out of Israel, out of Egypt into Canaan land. I want to say this, it's easy to point our fingers at the leader, but yet we can see, and if we back up in our Bible, we'll not do it. God providentially led them to Mara because God had a purpose for Mara in their life. God was using Mara to serve a purpose in the life of these children of God. But we see the people, they cried out in disgust and they murmured against Moses. They complained. They were, well, they were mad. They were fit to be tied. How many of us have ever been fit to be tied over some situations in our life? Listen, I'll be honest with you. When things don't go my way, I don't like it. 
I'll just be honest with you. I like when things go the way I want them to go. And God knows that. And sometimes God has to break us of everything going the way we want to show us what He wants. Sometimes God has to break our control and remind us we're not in control to remind us that He is in control. Sometimes God has to get us out of the way so that He can get in our way and begin to work things for our good and for His glory. We may not always understand why we have to face Mara, but God has a purpose. And Romans 8.28 still promises that all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Amen. We have to be reminded that God is a plan and a ministry for that place in our life. People cried out and complained against Moses. But in reality, they were complaining about God's will for their life. See, here's the thing, church. Many times we look to the leaders and we always want to blame leadership. And I understand everything seems to rise and fall on leadership. But here's the thing. When God is doing something, when God's in the middle of something, listen, it's not about a leader. It's about what God's will is. And, and listen, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't like everything going on in our nation right now, but if this is what God ha- is bringing about to get us to glory, listen, you, you and I may like it or not like it, but God's will will be done. Amen. We may not understand it all, and we may grumble about leadership just as they did. We might grumble about Moses. We might grumble about where we're at. But if it's God's will, we might as well sit back, buckle up, and write it out and say, God, help me to be obedient. Show me what you want me to do, and just write it out because God has a plan. We see the Moses cry. Moses is here. We see the people, they complained in verse 24. But Moses didn't complain. Moses knew who to go to. Look at verse 25. The Bible said, He, talking about Moses, cried unto the Lord. Preacher, what are you saying? The greatest thing you and I can do, we find our place at a bitter place in life, at a place like Mara. The greatest thing we can do is cry out unto God. Here's what happens. Most of us, we cry out unto everybody else. We complain. Boy, we hit the prayer chain lines. We hit the gossip lines. We hit everybody. We hit Facebook with how sorry everything is. And we're just the man that's a chain of bad luck. And boy, we want all the sympathy we can get from everybody because life is not fair. God's not doing me right. God's not done my family right. Boy, we want everybody to come up and give us a tissue and put their hand around us and weep with us and whine with us. But I got news for you. Sometimes God brings us to these bitter places and it is the perfect will of God that's right glory to his name I know that's not what we want to hear in our flesh but sometimes Mara is the perfect will of God for us because in Mara God is working something special in our life they didn't understand that they, they didn't understand that all they knew was God just parted the Red Sea and gave us great victory at the water, and now he sent us into the wilderness, and we have no water. That doesn't make sense to us. 
But can I remind you that the same God that delivered them out of Egypt and the same God that parted the Red Sea, which both of them are a miracle in themselves, do we need one minute that God's going to take us to the wilderness of this life to leave us there and to let us die from lack of water? No, God's got a purpose and a plan for that. We see the people, they cried out against Moses, but Moses cried out to God. Hallelujah. People looked to their leader Moses, and Moses looked to his leader, which was God. Hallelujah. Praise his name. I'm going to tell you, when we and I find our place in a place like Mara, can I just remind you of something tonight? It's a good place to start is in prayer. Preacher, I'm in a better place in my life right now. Well, Moses is a great, great example for you and I what to do when we face some bitter waters. Preacher, what I need to do, look what Moses did in verse 25. He cried unto the Lord. Hallelujah. But here's what I want you to get. Boy, this is where I want to get to. Not only do we see the cry of these people, but I want to look at the cure for their situation. What I love about this situation is God doesn't tell Moses and the children of Israel, you know what, I've done you wrong. Let me just lead you right over here, and boy, everything's going to be perfect. And you can sit down in the tulips and the roses, and boy, everything's going to be wonderful. No, God doesn't tell them that, hey, uh, the cure for this situation is I've done you wrong. But the cure for their situation is in verse 25. The Bible said the Lord showed him a tree. I love that. The Lord doesn't show him a well. The Lord doesn't show him what they really wanted to see. Because here's the thing. Many times we face bitter waters and boy we run to an altar and we want a box of Kleenexes by our side because we're going to shed every crocodile tear we can get up. Amen. Boy we won't ever. Boy my goodness. Boy everybody run around me. I'm facing bitter times. Then we're expecting the great deliverance to come out of nowhere. Oh you're delivered. Boy everything's wonderful. Get back up and everything's fine. Here was the thing. Moses knelt down and said, God, we need your help. Lord, they murmured against me. They're saying, they're, they're wishing now that they hadn't even come into the wilderness because here we are in the wilderness and we've got no water and the only water we got is bitter water. What are we going to do, Lord? God showed him a tree. I don't know about you, but even in praying, sometimes God shows me things and it's not really what I was looking for in the prayer time. See, even sometimes when we begin to kneel down and pray, it's not always the answer we thought God was going to give us. But the revelation God gave Moses was he showed him a tree. And he said, all right, you're going to take that tree and you're going to take it down and you're going to cast it in the water. Man, that sounds weird. That sounds crazy. What in the world is a tree going to do when you put a tree in the middle of our bitter water. Look what the Bible said it's going to do. The waters are going to be made sweet. Preacher, I don't understand what you're getting at. Well, here's the thing. 
We're going to face difficult days. We're going to face problems. We're going to face persecution. We're going to face trials. We're going to face trouble. We're going to face tribulation. We're going to face bad days. Listen, the, the, the Lord reigns on the just and the unjust. But bad times come to the just and the unjust too. Good days will be in our future. But difficult days will be there as well. But here's the thing. He told Moses, he said, hey, what I'm going to show you as the cure to your problem is a tree. Preacher, what tree? I believe it's a reference to the cross. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. On the tree. The cross is referred to twice in the Word of God as a tree. It's referred to a tree. Amen. He said in Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. What Jesus done for us on an old rugged tree is the answer to the bitter problems that we face. You say, Preacher, what do you mean? Listen is what I want you to get. There's no bitter water you and I have to face that ever compares to what Jesus did for us when he hung on a tree. The least we can do is say, hey, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to endure through this because Jesus endured so much more for me. Hallelujah. The answer to every problem we've got is to get a fresh glimpse of a tree on Calvary's hillside nearly 2,000 years ago, and to remind ourselves of what Jesus done for us. Boy, Isaiah 53 talks about uh, how he was wounded for our transgressions. He suffered for our sins. He, everything he endured was because of you and I. Everything Jesus endured on that cross was because of your and my sin and because of all of our wrongdoings. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despite the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God but verse 3 says this for consider him consider him the problem with our life many times we quit considering what Christ has done for us we've quit considering the cause we've quit considering what God's word says only thing we consider is our feelings and our flesh that's about modern day Christianity. Preacher, don't preach about persecution. Preacher, don't preach about sacrifice. Preacher, don't preach about tithing or mission giving. Preacher, don't preach about anything but making me feel good right where I'm at. Don't preach about going further with God. Don't preach about how I'm in sin. Preacher, just tell me how good I am. Give me a big smile. Pat me on the back. Let me know I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. And send me out the back door feeling mighty fine. I've got news for you. Not every day in this life does my flesh feel mighty fine. But I will tell you this. The inward man on the inside is saved whether I'm at Mara or I'm at the Red Sea. The inward man on the inside is safe whether or not I'm at the deliverance of Egypt or whether I'm in the bitter places of Mara. Here's the problem. We've quit considering what Christ has done for us. We've quit considering the cross. Every time we face a hard time, we don't consider what Christ did. We consider what other Christians are dealing with. 
Come on now, I'm telling it right. Here's the problem. We consider a hard time. We don't get to look into a hill far away, sit an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. We don't get to looking at what Christ done for us. We get to look around on the church pew going, I don't see nobody else dealing with that. Why have I got to deal with it? We forget what Christ has done for us. We forget that he endured such contradiction of sinners. We forget that he was shamed, he was made a, a, he was shamed on the cross and he took our sin. We forget, listen, that he in, uh, endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. We forget what all he done for you and I. We just get to look around other Christians. I'm the only one ever faced a problem like this. I'm the only one that's ever had to deal with a bad day. I'm the only Christian that's ever had to. God, why have you deserted us? Lord, you brought me three days in this wilderness to leave me here to die, to desert me, and here I am. And boy, I don't understand, God. You've deserted me. You've forsaken me. Why in the world have you led me here? And the whole time, the answer to our problem is to stick our nose back to Isaiah 53 and to stick our nose to John 3.16 and to stick our nose to where the Bible said uh, that it's His precious blood that saves us from sin and to stick our nose into everything that Jesus Christ done for us and to be reminded of the cross and to be reminded that nothing we'll ever have to endure will compare to what He endured for us and nothing we'll have to endure on Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.